want to ask you a question this morning. Who is the smartest person you know? <laughs> Who said that? <laughs> He's the smartest person I know. <laughs> yes. No, I, I want you to think about this for a moment. Who's the smartest person you know? Now, I want to ask you a second question. Who is the wisest person you know? Now, for most of us, and I will tell you, myself included, for most of us, that is two different people. And it's important for us to recognize this this morning, because friends, there's a difference between being smart and being wise. In fact, oftentimes the word smart can be replaced with the word clever. Oh, he's very smart. Oh, she's very smart. Oh, she's very clever. Because smart means being able to quickly understand something or have quick knowledge. But wisdom, wisdom goes to the very core of who we are, doesn't it? It's the reason why you'll find this over and over again in Scripture. It, it doesn't talk about intelligence. Now, I, I, I don't want you to I don't want you to think I'm dismissive of knowledge. Knowledge is incredibly important. In fact, I'm, I'm passionate about studying the Word. The Bible gives me this directive. It says that I'm to study to show myself approved. A workman need not be ashamed, rightly dividing the Word of truth, the Scripture says. But we're told to live our lives not as unwise, but as wise. And wisdom isn't just knowing, wisdom is understanding. It's one of the gifts of the Spirit. It's one of the expressions that comes into your life when the Holy Spirit is resonant within you. And God wants you to walk. He wants you to live in wisdom. We've been looking at, at the prayers of Nehemiah, and, and, and in, in Nehemiah chapter 7, Nehemiah makes this statement. And it's a reflection of Nehemiah not talking to God, but God talking to Nehemiah. And, and when we look at prayer, it's important that we look at both sides of that, because prayer isn't just us talking to God, it's God talking to us. It fascinates me that all too often I hear people say, I, I hear it said over and over again, people say, you know what, I've never really heard God speak. Can I offer you this? If you are a Christ follower and you've been a Christ follower for any length of time and you've never heard God speak, there's a pretty good chance that you're not listening. It's a pretty good chance that when you pray, that you'll give God your laundry list, and then you'll say amen, and you're done. But there's something wonderful that happens. There's something powerful that happens. There's something destiny-impacting that happens when we give God the opportunity to speak into a moment, when we give God an opportunity to have His say in a situation. And we find this in, 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 in the story of Nehemiah, they have just finished building the wall. 
And then Nehemiah makes a statement. In Nehemiah chapter 7, verse 5, he says this, so my God, I love, I love the fact he, said, he doesn't say God, he says, so my God. So my God put an idea in my mind. God, I thank you for your word today. I pray today that you'd make it a lamp to our feet, a light into our path. Help us, oh God, to hide your word in our hearts that we might not sin against you. God, let today for each and every one of us that are gathered here this morning, for each and every one who is watching via the various media outlets today, God, let us be able to echo the words of Nehemiah. So my God put an idea in my mind. God, we want your wisdom today. We want you to speak into our life situation. And we thank you that you are still in the business of guiding your children and of giving us everything that we need for life and for godliness. So God, let it be today. So God put an idea in my mind. Nehemiah came back to Jerusalem. He came back to Jerusalem not simply to rebuild a wall, but to restore a sense of value, to restore a sense of identity, to bring back to life that which was dead, that Israel would be a nation, that it would be a people. And a, a, a key part of that is, is moving from disconnected individuals and into community. And, and Nehemiah recognizes that. And so what happens is this, is as he's spending time with God, God puts an idea in his mind to, to take a census to, to record everyone who had come back from captivity and to begin to resituate them within the places where they were supposed to be historically. And that's what we see in, in, in Nehemiah chapter 7. It, it, it's the recording of that. And then, and then when, they, when they get to the end, at the end of Nehemiah chapter 7, it, it tells us this. So the priests, the Levites, the gatekeepers, the singers, some of the people, the Nephilim, and all Israel dwelt in their cities. The result of Nehemiah positioning himself to where he could hear from God, the result of Nehemiah operating in wisdom, operating in wisdom, why don't you say that word with me together? Let's say the word wisdom together. Ready? One, two, three. Wisdom. Say it again. Wisdom. Come on, one more time. Wisdom. I want it to, I want it to, to, to just to see deep into the recesses of your, of your heart, your mind, your consciousness. Wisdom. God wants us to live wise. He wants us to walk in wisdom. He wants us to express wisdom, to display it. He wants it to be a part of your testimony. That as people would, would look at you, they would say, that's a, that's a wise woman, that's a wise man, that's a wise family. Wisdom will always prove itself right. Wisdom will always take you further than intelligence. Nehemiah, as Nehemiah responds to this wisdom that God brings, the, the heaven's wisdom, here's what, we, here's what we see. Four things. Number one is this. We see a restoration of order. And I, I think this is important because 
uh, we, we find ourselves in a very chaotic season. I believe this. I believe that we are a generation of chaos, right? And, and, and here's the thing. It doesn't, it doesn't take very much to look and, and, and not see chaos. It's all around us. Yesterday morning, as people arrived at Orlando International Airport, they were convinced that they were going to be uh, heading off somewhere and everything would be wonderful and smooth, and yet an unspeakable tragedy where an individual takes their own life. It, it devastates a family, and it wreaks havoc on tens of thousands of people because the ripple effect of one person's decision, it fuels this chaos that we find in our world. And that's one example. We, we could point to example after example after example after example. We live in a world that is filled with chaos. And yet, in the midst of that disorder, here's what you'll find. You'll find this, that God consistently, consistently brings order to disorder. Even in the creation process, right? When God creates first the, 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 the heavens and earth, they're without form. And here's what God does. God brings order. He brings order. You, before you knew Christ, your life was out of control. And as you stepped into relationship with Him, the more and more you stepped into relationship with Him, here's what He brought, increasing order and structure. It's easy, by the way, it's easy to get, to get con confused and, 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 and sidetracked on the different rules that you find throughout the Bible. And, and a lot of people have this mistaken notion that God is this taskmaster with all these rules and regulations, all these do's and don'ts. When in fact, if you look at, at the law that God has given, all that law kind of focuses on living an ordered life. In fact, you can get caught up in all the different laws in the Bible. Did you know this? Of all, even the laws of the Old Testament, all the laws of the Old Testament, those laws, only a fraction of them would apply to you right? Because some of them applied to farmers, some of them applied to priests, some of them applied to… And so, what God, but what God has done is this, since the dawn of creation, God has brought order to chaos. So, as you, as you come into God's house this morning, your home life, it's out of control. You would describe your family as chaotic. God's brought you here this morning, not by accident, not by coincidence. God's brought you here this morning by design because what He wants to do is this, is He wants to speak into your moment. He wants to step into your day. And if you'll allow Him, He wants to speak wisdom into your situation and bring order to that chaotic home life that you have. Your job is, is driving you crazy. There's, 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 there's no sense of rhyme or reason. Friends, God cares about even the most minute aspects of your journey. 
right? The, the, the scripture that pastors often like to quote, teachers often like to quote, so I'll quote it again today. It tells us this, that he knows the number of hairs there are on our head. If he has such an insignificant number, although if you're older and you're balding, it might seem like a more significant number, um, it, but it, it, if he has such an insignificant number in his mind, how much more those things that cause you worry or woe? The pressure points of life. And so just as we see in Nehemiah's story, you can be confident that God will do this. When you lean into God's wisdom, when you give Him the opportunity to speak into your day, that what He'll do is He'll bring a restoration of order. And that restoration of order, what it will do is it will rightly position you for a renewed, renewed hunger for God. Look, look at what it says in Nehemiah 8.1. It says this, Now all the people gathered together as one man in the open square that was in the front of the water gate. And they told Ezra, the scribe, to bring the, the book of the law of Moses, which the Lord had commanded Israel. So Nehemiah comes. He, he orchestrates the rebuilding of the wall. And then God gives him this idea. God puts this idea in his mind that now what he needs to do is he needs to organize the people, right? He needs to get them connected. He needs to get them living in their right places historically within the walls of Jerusalem, that the, the, the city needs to be restored to order. The walls are now in place. The city needs to be restored to order. And once the city is restored to order, here's what happens. The people, not the priest, the people, notice this. It says this, now all the people gathered together as one man in the open square. And they told Ezra the scribe to bring the law of Moses, which the Lord had commanded Israel. It's the people who said, we want to hear the law. We want to have an understanding of who we are as a people, where we've come from, and what it is that God desires us to be and to do. As Ezra begins to, to read the law, Nehemiah 8 tells us that the people there, they, they, they begin to weep, they begin to mourn, because what they realize is this, is they realize how far they are from God's plan, how, how much they have, they have, they have veered from, from, from God's preordained purpose for them. And it, it, it cuts them to the quick. And we see this in Nehemiah chapter 8, and so they start, they start weeping. And, and the Levites then, they, the, the priests, they, then, they quieted the people. And they said this, they said, listen, don't, you don't have to weep. This isn't a day for mourning. Yes, it is true that God's desire is you to be living this way, and you're living more this way. But God's not brought you here to put you on blast. God's brought you here to bring a renewed understanding of who He is, who you are, and His plan for you. And so, don't weep over the fact that you're not where you ought to be. Recognize that God in His grace is repositioning you for your destiny. Can, can I offer you this? It's part of the problem with much of the, much of the church today. Much of the church today really focuses on telling folks what's wrong with them. And so what happens is this, in, in, in far too many churches, we leave feeling worse than when, when we came. And that's never the heart of God, that's never the plan of God. 
it also shouldn't be your testimony. It shouldn't be my testimony, right? People shouldn't feel bad about who they are because they're around us. They should have a sense of hope, right? He gives us hope, hope like no other, hope like no other, and it reaches. He gives us strength, strength like no other, strength like no other, and it reaches. And in this moment, in Nehemiah chapter 8, when the wall was completed and, and Nehemiah listening to the idea that God put in his mind, he organizes the people and they say, let us hear the law. And they come to this understanding of how far they are from what God wants them to be. They begin to weep. And they're, so, and they're told, no, 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 don't, don't let yourself go to condemnation. I, I would offer you that same challenge today and anytime you come into God's house. The condemnation is of the enemy. And what, what the Levites did on that day and what I want to challenge you in today is the Levites said, no, 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 no. This is not a day of condemnation. What this is, it is a day of conviction. And conviction is this earnest desire to change. It's recognizing the opportunity to renew, the opportunity to restore, the opportunity to refresh, the opportunity to re-engage. And instead of, instead of mourning over what's missing in your life instead of mourning over the failures that are yours. Instead, recognize and lean into the opportunity that God has given you for a fresh start, that God has given you for a new day, that God has given you for a new identity, that God has given you for new hope, that God has given you for new strength, that God has given you for new victory. And just as God brought the children of Israel back together, brought order to their chaos, He then wonderfully and graciously begins to speak in to who they are, their identity, their attitude, and their activity. And, and listen, when, when, you, when you allow God's wisdom to, to begin to manifest in your life, what's going to happen is this, is you're going to become aware of areas in your life where there's opportunity to renew, to re-engage, to respond, to re-energize. The enemy will try to leverage that to make you feel bad about yourself. And, and in that in that unnecessary pain will try to then separate you from God and God's family and God's plan for you. That's what he wanted to do there in, in Jerusalem. He wanted the children of Israel to hear the law and recoil from it because they would say, I'm so far from that, I'm a bad person. But God through through the priests, God said, no, 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 no. No, this is not a day to mourn. This is a day to rejoice. This is a day to celebrate because you're reconnecting with who I am and all that I have for you. And, and, and what, this, what this does is it brings 
a renewed holiness. A renewed holiness. Holiness. Holiness is not piety. Holiness, what it is, it's, it's, that, it's that place where we're in harmony with God's plan for us. And God's plan for us is a, it's a, it's a, it's a wonderful plan. It's a, it's a great plan. God, God wants us to walk in wisdom. He wants us to walk in wisdom. So how do we do that? What does it look like? Let, let, me, let me do this. Let me take you from, from Old Testament to New Testament. I want you to take your Bibles and I want you to turn to, to James chapter 3. I want you to turn to James chapter 3. And, and, and I want you to see this. In James chapter 3, it tells us this in verse 17. It, uh, it, it, go ahead and just leave the floor lights on because I'll probably go back down there pretty quick. So just, go ahead and leave, just leave them on for the rest of the service. That would be fine. In James, James chapter 3, James 3.17, it says this. It says, but the wisdom that is from heaven is. I think that's great. See, we don't have to wonder whether or not we're operating in, in God's wisdom or not because God gives us in His Word this wonderful, vivid description of what heavenly wisdom looks like. It goes into great detail. Listen to this. But the wisdom that is from heaven or the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. I want to read that again just because it sounds so good. The wisdom that is from above, the wisdom that is from heaven is first pure, peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality, without hypocrisy. From that, here's what I want you to see. I want you to see there are, there are six ways to test for wisdom, and we see it right there in James chapter 3. Number one is this. Is it in harmony with God's Word? Is it in harmony with God's Word? But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, it tells us. Is it in harmony with God's Word? We'll let you in on a little secret. All truth is God's truth. There has never been an archaeological find that has ever contradicted what you'll find in your Bible. Not once. Now, there have been archaeological finds that initially, they would say, conflicted with Scripture. But upon further unbiased scrutiny, it always lined up. There are some scientific theories that will struggle in connecting with the reality of what God's Word says. There is no scientific law that contradicts the Word of God. See, if it's true, it's going to line up to the Word of God. And the, the wisdom that comes from heaven, it's, it's got a truth to it. It's got a, a purity to it. It also… It also, it, it, is, it is freeing, not controlling, right? See, the wisdom that is from above, it's first pure, it's then peaceable, gentle, gentle. 
So if the, if the, if the wisdom that you're operating in, if it's controlling in any way, it's, if it's manipulative in any way, it's not from God. It will line up with the principles that we find in the Word of God. And here's one of the really cool things about God. Because God never changes, I can always, in the wisdom that I believe He's speaking into my life in the moment, I have this, I have this wonderful test that is the Word of God. Because God never changes, if, if the wisdom that I believe that God's speaking over me, if it's contrary to what God's Word says, it's not from God. If, if it's controlling in nature, if it's abrasive in nature, it's not from God. Because the wisdom that comes from God is gentle. It's peaceable, gentle, gentle and it's easy to be entreated. So, so, test number one, is it in harmony with God's Word? Test number two, could it be controlling? Test number three, will it make me a better person? Because it tells us this. It tells us that the wisdom that comes from, from, from above, it's, it's full of mercy and good fruits. So, not only will it make me a better person, it will also be the best use of my life, the best use of my time, the best use of my day. It is without partiality and without hypocrisy. So, the wisdom that I'm operating in, will it harm others? And here's, here's a biggie. What I want everyone to know about my decision, what I want everyone to know about my direction. You know, I, I think personally, even in my own life, in my own journey, I, I think about the number of, number of times I've found myself faced with a situation where I needed wisdom. It's so encouraging to know that God's Word says that when I lack wisdom, when you lack wisdom, that when we lack wisdom, here, here, here's, here's what the Bible says. It says this, if anyone lacks wisdom, let them ask, and God will give it. And, and He'll give it in full measure. He'll give you all the wisdom you need. The Living Bible puts it this way. I love the way the Living Bible puts it. It says this, if we don't know what to do, we can ask God because He loves to help. But oftentimes, we can trip up over the smart play. The smart play. Let me give you an example. The smart play for this church would have been three years ago to sell this building. We could have sold this for $52 million, built a new church in a great location that was much more energy efficient than this. That would have been the, 
smart move. If you did the numbers, it made absolute sense. But it wasn't the wise thing. Because God has a plan for you. God has a plan for us as a church. And God has a plan to use this space for His glory. In fact, it it says this in the Bible. It says (laughs) that God's wisdom will even appear as foolishness to those who are outside of a relationship with Him. It will seem as foolishness to those who are perishing. Right? But in His wisdom… We find purity, we find grace, we find this fulfillment. Smart thing to do, I, I, I cannot tell you how many times, well, I, I, I will offer this to you. This isn't something that I I would share a lot, but I would offer this to you, that I have, in in the time that I've been the pastor of this church, um, man, I've had some really great offers come my way. I had a a ministry position that was offered to me that would pay me three times what my salary is here. Three times, well, actually a little more than three times my salary here. Okay, can can I be perfectly honest with you? That was tempting. Don't judge me. It was only tempting for about 30 seconds, but it really was tempting. It really was. And so, because here's, here's what I did. I, I said this to myself. I said, Ed, you know the heart that you have for missions. Think about what you could do for missions having that type of, that type of, of discretionary income. And think about how that would take care of even your long-term retirement needs. This, this, this might actually… Here's the way my mind went. This might even be God's plan to take care of you long term. Because it would have been the smart thing to do, right? But it didn't didn't line up. First of all, it didn't sit right in my spirit. Secondly, it didn't line up with the wisdom test. And you you can trust the wisdom of God. So here's the question that I have for you as we bring our time together to a close this morning. And it's a two-parter. Number one is this. What is that area in your life that you've been making smart decisions and now you find yourself being stuck in an ever-increasing way. If you, if you look back on what you've done, it, it's been a smart decision. It, it, was, it, was, it was the smart decision to, to invest in that property. It was the smart decision to make that career move. It was the smart decision to… And yet there's, there's so many elements of it that 
that at soul level, it just, ah. Uh. Well, God, God has brought you here this morning not to beat you up or to put you on blast, but to say, okay, you've tried, you've tried operating in your own intelligence, and you've tried doing the smart thing. And you've even listened to smart people. And all that smart has just got you stuck. And that, that area, that issue, that situation, that relationship, it's time for you to switch from making smart decisions to leaning in to the wise decisions, the wisdom that comes from heaven, the wisdom that comes from above, which is first of all pure, it's gentle. Question number two, what is that thing in your life that you have been trying, you've been wrestling with, and you can't find peace? You've been racking your brain, and you, you can't get an answer. You've sought the counsel of many, and, and, and man, their advice is everything from soup to nuts. Counsel, instead of bringing you clarity, is just added to the clutter. Well, today is the day, February 3rd, 2019. Today is the day where you take a few moments and you stop talking And you stop listening to the voices around you, and you start listening to the voice above you and the voice of the Holy Spirit that is within you. Because here's what God wants to do. God has brought you to His house this morning so you can say, just as Nehemiah did, so my God put an idea in my mind. Because what he wants to do is this. Listen. <laughs> he wants to do the same thing for you that he did for Nehemiah, and not just for Nehemiah, for everybody who was under Nehemiah's leadership. God wants to bring a restoration of order to your world. He wants to bring that chaos back to order. He wants to bring a, a, a renewed hunger for that which really matters. A, a renewed hunger for the things of God. He, he wants to, to bring into your day, into your moment, a, a wonderful, even liberating desire to move in God direction. returning you to a place where you're no longer a stranger to holiness, but 
you can say that you're in the center of holiness. Thank you for listening. We hope you've been blessed by the ministry of Calvary Orlando. We invite you to join us in person at Calvary Orlando for one of our Sunday morning worship experiences each Sunday at 10.30 a.m. To find out more about Calvary, please visit our website at calvaryorlando.org. Here you can find our latest events and ministry opportunities. Thanks for listening and God bless.